When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEM. Friday afternoon, the 10th of February 2023, and that means it's Punters, mate, time once again. Sammy Hyland, good afternoon to you. Hello, Chris. Yeah, good to be here, and uh, it's been a good week, hasn't Has it? Has it? Uh, no cyclones happening. Well, there's one brewing, but I think it's uh, getting further and further away, isn't it? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I just wanted a bit of rain for my lawn. I know. <laughs> I, I mowed mine yesterday, so I would like a little drop. Although, I must say, coming in uh, today, there was a little bit of rain on the way in. There wasn't a lot, but there was a couple of heavy spots. You, you've got to hit the mark when you, oh, you, do. When you mow. You, you need a bow, and then an hour right. later... Nice shower. It's beautiful. But there hasn't been any rain for weeks, so it's very hard. Unless you let your lawn grow very, very long and wait for that day. But, uh, but look, there's always a sprinkler. Yeah, no, that's right. There's always a sprinkler. I, I had it going yesterday. I thought you'd be happy with the swell coming up on the weekend with get out and do a bit of surfing. No, I don't know about that. It's, uh, <laughs> See you out in the board? No. It's not not your me. style? It's not my go. I had a go at it uh, when I first came up here. And yeah. Yeah, I got to the standing up stage, but just, uh, I don't know. I, it's I, very hard, isn't it? It is hard. It yeah. is hard. And yeah. It's, uh, and I, I'd imagine it's hard when you start to get a bit long in the tooth. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah you're not as flexible as uh, as we always, as we all used to be. It is hard. The other one is, I've done this once in my life, got nothing to do with racing. I tried water skiing once. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get up there either. Oh, well, I, I was hopeless. I used to water ski in, uh, I learned to water ski when uh, I was riding in Mauritius and uh, it was, it was uh, yeah, it was good fun and, and, and because you had plenty of time on your hands, you only rode once a week. So you, uh, yeah, got the hang of it and got up and uh, yeah, when was, it was the last good. time you water skied? But that, yeah, that's that was right. Then. That was, uh, yeah. that was way back then and uh, gee, it was 20 years ago now, so uh, probably not. 18 anyway. Uh, so it was a long time ago when I last water skied. All righty. Plenty happening uh, in the world of racing this weekend. We've got some big racing uh, interstate. We've got uh, a couple of Group 2s in Sydney. We see the return of Animo, of course, Sam, your favourite horse, one yeah, of your favourites. I think, uh, well, he's... Is he the best horse in the country? Oh, I reckon he is. Yeah. I reckon he is. I, you know, I... I um, uh, I don't know if I said it last week, but I said it uh, definitely to Tags and, and Miles that, I don't know, I reckon they're a bit thin on the ground, the good mm. horses, you know. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm yet to be convinced about this Jack. And I, I, I don't like him in the uh, CF4. They're all spruiking him and there's been, he's been well supported. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, three-year-olds don't have a great record in the CF4 either. So. No, we got the the CF4 as you mentioned in Melbourne, the Group One. We got the Group Two Rubiton, where Uncommon James will be going around. Uh, the Queenslander, of course, trained by O'Day Hoisted, hopefully returns a winner and then heads off to the Oakley Plate in two weeks. One of my favourite days of racing the Oakley Plate. Sam. Is it? Yeah, I love the Oakley Plate day. 
Just always a good day. Caulfield was always one of my favourite tracks. Uh, and it, the weather always used to be nice and warm on Oakley Plate Day. <laughs> February. You know, it's not like spring where it could be 12 degrees. Uh, two Blue Diamond Preludes, of course. One of those Blue Diamond Preludes features Party for Two, the Queenslander trained by Damien Batters with Nikita Berryman to ride, returning to Melbourne to ride. She's been riding up a storm up here. Really exciting horse, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, gee, yeah, it's just been bolting in. It's it's going to find this a lot harder going down to Melbourne, but that's expected, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and you, if you've got one that's going along as well as she is, you've got to have a crack, haven't you? Yeah, that's uh, – and oh, exactly, you know, and uh, – no, it's uh, well. It was uh, not so long ago. What was that? What was that horse uh, with um, the girl from Adelaide, Lawrence? Oh, Stakovic. Um, three three word horse. Miracles of Miracles life. of life. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was yep. um, you know, and what that was an amazing journey that horse took. Sure took was. Her on and and uh, it can be done. Uh, Glass of Rose, one for uh, trainer Jeff Dunn last week. Very interesting uh, result. Glass of Rose, first city winner for Jeff Dunn. We don't know a lot about him, so what I did was hunted Jeff down, and we're going to have him on the show very shortly. So we'll find out all about Jeff Dunn. His partner, Ricky Jamison, who we have spoken to in the past, Sammy, might have been on the Darling Download. We spoke to Ricky Jamison. Yes, we did. Yeah, um, who was lovely. And that's his partner, She Rode, which was a great result. Obviously, they would have gone out and celebrated that night. King Kappa last week went along his uh, his winning way, made it four straight. He'll have a break now, and Tony Golan will uh, set him for something during the Winter Carnival. And Jimmy Orman rode his 100th winner for the season. That's not Metro. That's 100th winner overall. Now, he heads the premiership nationally. So good he's effort. beaten J-Mac to 100. Pretty good. Good effort. He's a great fella yep. and, uh, and great jockey. And, and uh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, Jimmy does an amazing job because uh, he's uh, yeah he's bred to be a basketballer. Like yeah. uh, looking at the size of him, and uh, well, he's the size of a basketballer, and uh, so does an amazing job to uh, to uh, keep his weight and keep riding winners. Yeah, we're going to have a chat to Jimmy um, after the break too. He's got a magnet. Well, magn- he's got an outstanding book of rides uh, tomorrow at uh, Doomben. He-, he should be going home with probably four winners. Hate yeah, that, well, but. he's he's uh, it, and that's the thing, you know. He's the go-to man now, isn't he? And has been for for the last couple of years. And uh, now I, I think he'll be at the top of top of the jockeys list for as as long as uh, he wants to keep riding. Um, you know, I I think it's only his, you know, the the um, stress of losing weight and and yep. you know that that that's. Uh, I, I always think it's amazing how long Stephen Arnold lasted. Yeah, you know, well, he was like, very tall, wasn't unbelievable, he? Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. What, you know, he was the most disciplined jockey I've ever seen in my life, I think. And, uh, you know, for him to stick at it for as long as he did and, and uh, he was such a tall jockey and used to have to be so disciplined and so hard on himself uh, to keep his weight. And, you know, you sort of think – and I look at Jimmy and think, gee, how long can you do it for? But – when you're riding 100 winners, uh, mm. that'll keep you going. And he's Chris. riding so well. I mean, you talk about go-to jockeys. Uh, Ryan Maloney, he's having a purple patch, isn't he? Since yep. uh, Skirt the Law won the Magic Millions, it's obviously given him a massive confidence boost, and he is just uh, flying at the moment. He's always been a good jockey yeah. and uh, just has. lacked the opportunities down in Melbourne. and and uh, uh, But rode some, rode some good winners uh, down in Melbourne, but sort of wanted a bit of a – 
lifestyle change and moved up here and slotted in straight away up yep. here, you know, and and uh, he's a pretty carefree rooster pug. He doesn't let too much worry him. He just uh, cruises and uh, and that shows in his riding, you know, and, and yeah, he's... Um, he, you know, he has them in a good spot uh, 99% of the time. That's the thing. He puts them in – he reminds me a lot of Damien Brown. Yeah. He puts them in the right spots. But he's not one of those jockeys that is like a, a Mick Dittman when it comes to finishing off. He's not – he doesn't go crazy and, and push the hell out of them. Or He's just not that style of jockey. But he, they run for him, don't they? Yeah, they do. They definitely run for him. And uh, he's uh, – yeah, he's just just good, good, uh, good relaxed kind, yeah. you know, that – you see, them. some of the best best jockeys in, in the past have always been very relaxed and and have have that bit of carefree way about them, and uh, and that's what makes them you know those top jockeys that they are, and uh, that's that's the case with Pug for sure. Now speaking of Jimmy Orman, uh, he rode a few winners during the week. He rode Yasmin at Eagle Farm. He rode Shah of Goma at Eagle Farm. But isn't it always good, Sammy, when uh, when you know the race caller? Is on a particular horse. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you can tell sometimes. In and David Fowler, there is nobody better. Uh, David Fowler, you get an idea of how. Uh, there was one during the week went past the post. I think he said, "No, no, no, not again." Uh, he, he sort of wears his heart on his sleeve. Well, I think it was David pa- uh, David Fowler's push in the last little bit that got Shah of Goma home for uh, for Jimmy Orman on uh, at Eagle Farm on Wednesday. Let's have a listen to that. Straight Rock Lobster giving plenty of cheek out in front. Leads away. Shah of Goma has to get to about his task down to come after this leader, Rock Lobster. Then came at the head of the others, better be naughty. It's Rock Lobster in front. Shah of Goma's coming now. Rock Lobster the leader. He's leaving it late. Come on, boy. Shah of Goma. Too good. Beat Rock Lobster. Come on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just gave him that extra uh, spur along. I know uh, uh, Brian Blackmore back in the day. Yeah. Uh, there's a blast from the past. Yeah, he uh, he was savage, uh, Brian Blackmore. When he if he backed one you, and uh, you gave it a stiff ride, wow, you, <laughs> you could hear about it in the call. He was uh, he was savage, particularly uh, if he had something on it. <laughs> yeah, well, he always had something on it. He was, yeah, he he, he uh, definitely he used to give it to the jockeys after the race. He was funny. Now, Queensland is your place to race this year. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit Queensland or racingqueensland.com.au. And if you're looking to see where that action is right across the state this weekend, I can tell you that we are racing, of course, at Doombin tomorrow. We race again on the Aquas Park Gold Coast Poly Track uh, tomorrow afternoon as well. We race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone, and we're racing at uh, Townsville of course, tomorrow afternoon. And Sunday, we return to the Sunshine Coast for their meeting there. So another big weekend of racing. A couple of country meetings too, Sam, on Saturday. Miles and Nanango are both a non-tab meetings. So if you're in those areas, get out and support the locals uh, at those meetings, Miles and Nanango. The lengths off the leader, Badorba's well clear. Three lengths in front. Second is Mashani Ambitious on the outside glass of Rose. Further back to Big Boy Ben. There's no O Polly, but the leader is Bador. Well clear. Three lengths in front. Running home well. Glass of Rose on the outside. And further back to Mashani Ambitious. Badorba in front. Lifting like Glass of Rose. Bador, Glass of Rose. Lunges and might have got up on the line. Maybe Glass of Rose. Nose to Badorba in photos, though. Sammy, that, of course, was Glass of Rose. 
or Rose, we'll find out in a moment, winning at uh, winning at Eagle Farm last Saturday for Jeff Dunn, which was a massive uh, highlight for Jeff and his partner, Ricky Jamison. It was Jeff's first city winner. And we've got Jeff on the phone or on the line right now. Jeff, uh, good afternoon to you. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. How are we? Very, very well. Uh, can you tell me first up, what, is it Rose or Rose? Because there's no little uh, apostrophe or whatever they call it at the uh, top of the E. So it's Rose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's Rose A, actually. Is um, it? The owners are actually trying to get Rose A all day, but they, they couldn't get it. So they went with Glass of Rose. But it's actually Rose A. So Glass of Rose A is how it's pronounced. Well, Glass of Rose A makes a lot more sense than Glass of Rose, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm sure you're happy with it, uh, however it's yeah. pronounced. I'd be. What did you can, you can call it? What you like Sammy? <laughs> oh, I did have a guy say to me once. He goes, I couldn't care if they call it cheese sandwich, as long as it wins. <laughs> yeah, first past the post is a great way. Now, Jeff, uh, we don't know a lot about you. A lot of the punters out there probably don't know a lot about you. So, can you give us the Jeff Dunn story, please? Yeah, sure. Look, uh, I, I was sort of. Uh, riding horses or sitting in a saddle before I could walk. So I guess it's sort of been bred into me, the equine industry. And um, my family sort of uh, bred and campaigned Australian stock horses for, I guess, most of my childhood um, and early years of my teens and um, played a bit of polo and uh, did a lot of camp drafting. And my brother and sister and I all, all did pony club until we were sort of teenagers and that as well. So years and years of just sort of sitting in a saddle, really. And, um, you know, when I was a, a younger kid, my, my parents dipped their toes in the water with a, a few uh, broodmares and they, they bred a few broodmares and t- sold them through the Magic Millions and things like that. So, And uh, one of my first jobs was at a, a, a breeding farm which, which sold sort of 50 yearlings through the sales every year. So I reckon I would have been probably one of the youngest kids to, to lead a a yearling or, or a mare through the ring at Magic Millions because I was only a little tacker when I was doing that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so, yeah, I guess I've, I've just had had my toe in the water at all different things in the equine industry and, you know, I, I sort of uh, wake up and think about the horses and I go to bed thinking about the horses. But <laughs> I, um, I, I got into the, the racing sort of... Um, my parents always sort of said, you know, training's not a career, you can't do that. You've got to sort of... He had a good career behind you because, you know, it's a, it's a tough gig and, um, you know, my, unfortunately you can't really choose your passion, you know, and yeah. um, my passion for racing and, and training horses. And I was actually a personal trainer for 10 years prior to, to you know, training horses. And um, I never worked for another trainer as, as a full-time employee or anything like that. I, I did a bit sort of just helping out, but I never I never, you know, worked under another trainer and um everything that i do with the horses is all sort of has all sort of been trial and error and a bit of um you know i'm not afraid to ask questions and you know i'll 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 try things a bit out of the box i think compared to what other trainers might do and and you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but having ricky as my partner really helps because um you know she's been in the industry for years and years and obviously a, a top jockey in her own right and um you know, sometimes we'll have a horse doing something and I'll I'll say, oh, well, why don't we try this? And she'll say, what are you thinking? No way. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes she'll go, you know what, that, that could actually work, you know. And, you know, if it works 50% of the time, well, you know, that, that's enough. Well, and, sorry. I think that's the beauty, isn't it, of uh, obviously having that background uh, being brought up around horses 
uh, right from the start, but not not not, uh, not racehorses. Um, you can you can go a bit left field with different things, and definitely it can work, can't it? Yeah, exactly right. You know, like there's a lot of ways. Like from a personal training background, there's a lot of ways to get a human fit. You know, you've got marathon runners, you've got sprinters. Who's fitter than the other? You know. Um, it's the same with horses. There's different ways of training and there's different ways to get a horse fit. And, you know, no way is really right or wrong. I think a lot of other trainers really um, have just been doing the same thing for, for generations and generations, you know, and, and that's sort of the way it's been done forever and that's the way they'll continue to do it, you know. But it doesn't mean that that's right or wrong. It just means that, you know, maybe I can try a few different ways of doing it. Exactly. Now, now you mentioned your background in uh, stock horses, a polo, pony club. Um, I don't know how tall you are. W- was there any thoughts of being a jockey, or was that out of the out of the equation? Well, I was I was very average height in primary school. I was probably one of the, the shorter kids in my class in grade seven. But I reckon by the end of grade eight, I was one of the tallest. I just <laughs> took off, you know. And, and uh, yeah, so I'm about oh, 190 centimeters, so six foot two or three, roughly. So I, I kept growing, unfortunately. I, I wish I, I often joke to Ricky, you know, chop me off at the knees and I'll, I'll jump on. <laughs> <laughs> do you ride any of the horses in track work? Yeah, I do. I ride a, uh, a lot of work uh, myself. Ricky comes out and does a lot of the uh, fast work and that for me and comes out and does some of the slow work as well when she can. But um, she's got commitments with other trains down the Gold Coast and that as well. So um, out at the farm here, I, I ride most of my own work by myself, but, you know, we have access to a treadmill and a, a walker and, and, uh, but as racetracks only five, 10 minutes away. So I take them in for their, their more, uh, their, their bigger pieces of fast work and, yep. um, the rest all just done out at the farm here at home. Yeah. Jeff, I see. Uh, so do you have horses at the Gold Coast and at Bow Desert? So I, I was at the Gold Coast from March until just after Christmas last year. Yeah. And um, we were still living out Bow Desert here. So we were sort of driving an hour in and an hour back every morning. And, and it was pretty tough, to be honest. Like, you know, we were getting up at 2 a.m. And um, Ricky and I have a, a three-year-old and a six-year-old uh, little girls as well. So um, it's pretty tough, you know, when you're getting up that early. And if you're going to the races that day, you know, you, you might not get back till 11 o'clock that night. And, it was just really, really long days and tough hours, you know, and, um, you know, financially it was getting pretty tough and, you know, I, I, I'm pretty open and honest about, you know, it's not an easy game and if you're just a young trainer with, without much of a name, it's pretty hard to um, attract those owners and, you know, we, we moved down there in the hope that, you know, we could attract a few more owners and maybe get a, a better quality of horse, but um, we did do that and we did get more owners and we did get some more horses, but as far as our... Um, living situation and and the toll that it was taking on our life just the travel um it was just a better option for us to come back to Bow Desert yeah so how many horses all the horses sorry go on sorry you go so yeah all the horses are based at Bow Desert now yeah okay so it's about a a 10 drive from where we are you know so it's lovely I get up with the sun's up now you know (laughs) it makes life a lot easier doesn't it um how many horses in the stable only six currently, yeah, only six. Um, we've had up to 12 at any one time. We had 12 in work down at the coast there. Um, but, you know, it was pretty tough with them them going uh, under all the renovations and that at the moment. Yeah. It's going to be a, an amazing when it's finished. Um, but due to, you know, all the work that's being done, the track's shutting at 7 a.m. down there. So, you know, you 
you really need to get in and get everything done before 7 a.m. Otherwise, um, you're pushing it, you know. So uh, at, at home here on the farm, the track's open 24-7. You know, I can I can take horses to the trials and come home. And if I've still got a couple to ride, I can do that, you know. Now, tell us about Glass of Rosé. She's a, a really special filly to me, obviously. Um, yep. My Ricky's sister and uh, the owner, Patrick Kosh, uh, Ricky's sister does a lot of braking and uh, early education for a lot of Gold Coast trainers and, well, any trainers really. And um, basically we just got talking and um, Patrick was interested in, in buying, a, a you know, a cutest filly that we could have some fun with. And, and Ash and Patrick went around to a lot of studs in southeast Queensland here, uh, trying to, we were trying to sort of get a, a yearling that we could purchase within our budget, but we were trying to get a horse that was probably worth more than our budget, if that made sense. So we we're trying to save money rather than going to the sales and having that competitive market um, and potentially higher reserves because the owners of these young horses obviously have now paid for a big prep for them to go through the sales. So we went and seen these these babies in the paddocks and um, we sort of probably seen oh, 100, 150 horses and uh, we ended up at KBL in Bow Desert. And um, I'll never forget, it was, it was probably three inches of water on the ground. It hadn't stopped raining for a week. And we, we thought, no, we're sloshing through the mud because we want to find one, you know. And um, anyway, Ash and Pat were there and there was a few few there they liked and they said, oh, come. they rang me because it was in Bow Desert and I came over and, and we were looking at Glass of Rosé and, um, you know, I really liked her style and I liked her breeding and, and she sort of chose herself with Patty. She was sort of shooing away the other horses and wouldn't let them come over to us and... Um, so we got her vetted and she was clean on the x-rays and scope and um, we made a plan from there with what we wanted to do and, and that was obviously to get to the debut race at the Magic Millions and what we had to do was win a trial uh, between the middle of November and the end of December, a Metropolitan trial, uh, to qualify for the debut and she had her first trial which she was a little bit underdone for and I was pretty happy with the run, she just felt the pinch with fitness and then the second trial, she went to Doombin, and I was I was really confident that she would win it. And um, we we bustled her out of the gates, and she sat up there on the speed. And so, these trials are getting ridden like races, you know, because you had to win to qualify for for the debut, which was a half million dollar race on Magic Millions Day. And um, she she finished last in that trial, and and I and I was really scratching my head about what why she went like that. And she pulled up fine. There was no abnormalities. Everything was good. And um, we had one more opportunity, and that was at the Gold Coast on the 29th of December. Um, And that was the last possible day you could qualify. And I actually rang Patrick, the owner, and I said, look, I I can't see anything wrong with her. I don't see why she can't run well. But in saying that, I was confident before we went to Doombin for the trial. So I actually had organised, because when she spells, she goes to to Patrick's uh, daughter's, daughter's place. So I said, look, get the paddock ready, because if she doesn't, if she doesn't, compete today and she doesn't go well, well we'll put her out straight away and um she come out and she run running running away from him and uh, we thought oh there she is finally she's done what you know we've expected her to do and um so yeah the, the ballot for the race was was by um all the trial winners which there was 18 and um unfortunately we but we got balloted as i think we were 14 and 12 get a run so yeah we were second and and 
we were reliant on scratchings to get a run. And obviously, if you've got a horse in a race like that, you know, unless there's something really wrong with your horse, you're not going to scratch. And um, the 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 good news for us came the week before when the first emergency elected to race on the Saturday, and it's for unraced horses only. So that horse, therefore, was ineligible. So that made us first emergency. So you can imagine us... Uh, refreshing Racing Australia thousands of times throughout that week, hoping for a scratching and waiting to see that scratching. And um, it, unfortunately, it didn't come. And the uh, the owners and I, Patrick and I, we went to the races uh, on Magic Millions that day. And I was at about the 200 metre mark and it was pouring rain, yeah. absolutely pouring. And I, I suggested to Patrick, I said, you know, they could call this, they could put, postpone this and call this off. And then, you know, we're in with a chance of getting a scratching again. <laughs> didn't uh, happen, we, unfortunately. But, uh, no, they, they postponed the, they ran the first race and then they, they were walking the track and, and we thought, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, and they ran, they ran our race only. And then they postponed it after our race. So we missed out again, you know, so we, we sort of felt like we were missing out by one again and again and again. And, you know, on face value, you know, I didn't think we were there to make up numbers. I thought we had a legitimate chance in the race. And even on the wet track, I think she would appreciate a wet track. So, um, you know, for her to then come out and um, we obviously had to go to plan B, which there was 800 metre maiden at Ipswich. And we, we knew it was going to be a bit short because I, I had her fit for the 1,000 so that she would run a strong 900 in the debut. And um, we went to the 800 metre race mainly because it, we were looking at sort of smaller fields. Um, the weather up here can be pretty hot, you know, so uh, the weather was pretty good that day. So, you know, we elected to go there and just had a little bit of bad luck in that first race, I thought, you know, like we jumped out and we got put onto the heels on the horse on our outside and and um, we ended up getting back to last, which I didn't think that we would be. And, you know, she was trying to run home pretty well. You know, she was last at, at the 400 and 800 metre race and, and she's finished fourth with a checkered passage up the straight. And and then when we went to this Eagle Farm race, we thought, you know, we we're a legitimate chance. You know, the owners, I, I told the owners tobacco, I told everybody who, who knows me, I say, you know, she's the best one I've had. And, um, you know, a lot of people backed her and, and did well because she opened at $21. And, um, you know, we, we drew well. We had a good weight. You know, Ricky knows the horse. We thought a thousand metres would suit her down to the ground. And, the Mashani horse that ran third in our race at Ipswich was paying $6. And I, I believe we would have beaten that horse home at Ipswich had we not had that checkered passage and, and, and got that bump at the start. So, so like, you're saying, like you're saying, you're a cashed up Jeff Dunn. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm not broke yet. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that's good good job. It's not as broke as I'm anyway. Jeff, <laughs> we better wrap it up there. But thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. No doubt we will be talking to you again down the track because uh, I get the feeling you're going to train a lot of winners. Yeah, look, I hope so. And I, I can't wait to see where this filly takes us. And, you know, hopefully you'll see us in the cutest jewel in the middle of March. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't well that done. be lovely? Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much for your time. All the best. As I said, we'll, we'll talk to you again in the not-too-distant future. Ah, thanks, boys. Jeff Dunn uh, joining us there. Sammy? This is The Punter's Mate on SEN.
Gutsoon Glory, Military Gambler, Head of State on the outside. They're clear from Namakwa, but Head of State taking over. Military Gambler the inside, further back to Namakwa, back in behind those Bernie's Tiger, but Head of State's going well. Two lengths in front from Namakwa. Head of State's in front, and Head of State has won from Namakwa. Thirds of photo, probably Gutsoon Glory. Just Sammy, that was, of course, Head of State winning at Eagle Farm last Saturday. Did you tip that? Yes. Yeah, I, I thought I tipped so. the first three winners. I thought... Thanks for asking. I thought... Uh, I thought... You had a day out. Including was... that first one of uh, Jeff Dunn's. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's only tip one after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Head of State was ridden by Jimmy Orman, but it was a bit of a milestone uh, win for Jimmy because it was win number 100 for the season. And he is the first jockey in Australia to ride 100 winners this year. Boom. No surprise. He's just riding up a storm. And Jimmy joins us this afternoon. Jimmy? Bit of a milestone and a really good milestone to, to get for you. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's great. Um it's happened pretty quick and Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, it makes it uh, easier when getting good rides, that's for sure. You're up to uh you you're now up to hundred and four. Uh so you <laughs> two hundred shortly. You, you just banged out uh three on Wednesday and then one yesterday. Uh Jimmy, uh I, I touched on it earlier in the show and uh, said that, I don't know, I actually made the call you bred to be a basketballer, but I should have said you could you could be mistakenly uh, picked up as a basketballer, couldn't you? I mean, you do an amazing job with your weight. And I, I imagine uh, when you're bagging it, you know, racking up winners like this, uh, every time you have to get in the spa or in the sauna, it makes it a lot easier when you go to the races and you're getting great book of rides. Yeah, hundred percent, Sam. It's um, well, you know yourself when you when you're going well, it, it makes it easier to to do it. But um, yeah, it's like you say, I'm I'm definitely not bred to be a jockey, but I make it work, and um, yeah, it's something that yeah, you know, I love doing. So it's um, it's all right. But um, as I've gotten older, I've sort of learned to manage my weight a lot better. And just uh, just on that, just for the for for everybody out there, for the listeners out there. It dead set. I, you know, well, I suppose it's different for for every person, but I would imagine it wouldn't be too much different. I used to think it's a dead set wrecks your head, doesn't it? Getting up and knowing how much weight you have to lose in the morning, you know, it's it's something that you, you know, as you get older, you probably deal with it a bit better, but it it's it it really messes with your head. Yeah, it can some days. Yeah, when I was younger, I um, I used to try to ride too light, and it just it was um, no good, you know, <clears throat> constantly trying to lose too much weight. But now as I've gotten older, I've learnt that try and keep a good <clears throat> um, life balance with work. And I um, just ride sort of 56 and under if I think one can win sort of thing. Like, um, And that seems to be working really well for me. So I, I've always got weight to lose, but it's, um, it's at a happy medium now where I'm not, uh, I don't have to go to the races feeling shocking. What do you eat, Jimmy? How many meals would you have a day? I mean, do you eat? Do you go hungry? Uh, what do you eat? A lettuce leaf for <laughs> lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or what? What do you eat? Uh, always hungry, always hungry. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's uh, have to be healthier than some of the some of those big fellows out there getting around the street. But oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not um, not much to be honest with you. I don't eat much, but 
Uh, when I do eat, I make sure I have have a good feed when I can on a Sunday night. That's for sure. But um, during the week, it's pretty pretty light meals. Yeah. And if if you but having said yeah. that, yep. Having said that, uh, when you're wasting and that sweating, your hunger goes anyway. So fine. And if you were if you retired tomorrow and just went to a normal lifestyle, how quickly do you think you'd balloon? I don't know. To be honest, probably not that much. So I, I'd get probably I'd obviously get bigger, but. Like I've had three months off before with when I broke my back and I was only sixty three kilos, so I'm naturally just skinny as anyway. You know, that's just yeah. I'm just a skinny sort of a guy. So was I. But, you know, you uh, know, so was you I once. Re- <laughs> you don't reckon you get a figure like Scriven? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. I wouldn't let myself do it either. I couldn't do that. He's a big boy, Scriven. Isn't he? I don't know where he fell, but it's a good paddock. <laughs> You don't want to go there. Not this stage anyway. <laughs> now, you spoke about uh, getting up in the morning and having a good book of rides. Well, I don't think I've seen a good book of rides or such a good book of rides, uh, Doom and Tomorrow, than you've got. You, you, And I don't want to jinx you at all, but uh, it is a very good book, isn't it? Yeah, look looks to be, um, yeah, very good. Like you say, it's um, got some nice, nice, really nice rides there, so... Yeah, we'll go through them and talk about them. But yeah, they like you say they look good. Now we'll pick your eyes. Uh, we'll pick the eyes out of some of these. Uh, Rupert's house. You probably don't know a lot about for Bjorn Baker in the first. Yeah, I don't. I don't know a lot about him, but um, he's been trialing well um, in Sydney, so that's good enough for me. You know, his favourite, and that that's enough to probably win this race. You know, the way he's been trialing. Um, yeah, no, it looks looks a winnable race, that's for sure. Race two, you ride Ashgrove. Ashgrove's been running well. Um, drawn a bit tricky, but um, yeah, he's favourite as well. But um, yeah, he's a he looks a good ride. Probably going to have to just need a little bit of luck from the awkward sort of a barrier. But um, yeah, he's in a race like this. It's a very winnable race for him, and yeah, he's sort of been racing in. Um, you know the the stronger races, so yeah, is is the one only one you want to be on on form wise. That's for sure in that race. Now you right, worked well too. Sorry, you're riding uh, Mary Me in race three for Chris Waller, who I think is the best bet of the day, uh, and uh, has gone up. Not that it matters to you, but it's gone up around four eighty, near enough to five dollars. But her two runs have been good. She gets to the mile and uh, looks to be good speed in this race. So I can see you just rounding them up and racing away. Hopefully that's that's what happens. I hope that's the case. Yeah, probably going to get off the speed a little bit. And, yep. And um, yeah, just sit back and have one last shot. But third up to a mile, I think that's what's going to suit. Um, and yeah, she's an honest little horse, so she's going to be hard to beat. Major Artie for Gay Waterhouse. Yeah, I see this fellas in it um, in Sydney as well, but. I haven't seen if it's scratched or not, but still in in Brisbane for now, so that's good. I ho- I'm hoping that they run in Brisbane because uh, form-wise, it'll be winning that race. Yeah, you would think yeah. so. Straight but, to the uh, straight to the front. Straight to the front, and it looks like it'll take a lot of catching. But um, I just did notice that it was nominated for Sydney as well, so I'm hoping it runs in Brisbane. Yeah, we'll check that before the end of this. Uh, Glitter Strip. If you can get Glitter Strip home for Tony Gollan, I mean, I know he's got a big opinion of you as it is, but it'll be even bigger 
because Glitter Strip, which she doesn't win out of turn, but she gets back and runs on. Yeah, like you say, gets back and runs on. Um, yeah, drawn seven, so we'll get back in touch, but um, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, you never know. You know, Hopefully we're running over the top of them. Now, you're right. I'm just going to ask you about this one, Sammy. Uh, I'll butt in there. You're riding yeah. Baroque Road in uh, race number six for Ma Eustace. Now, I'm hoping you run second here because uh, you know I've got that small share in April and Augusta with Kelly. <laughs> so you can run a nice <laughs> second here and I'll be very, very happy. Yeah. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how we go. But, <laughs> um, yeah, this fellow looks like he'll run well. He'll um, roll up on speed. And, you know, when, you, when you're when you on these horse, the southern horses coming to Queensland, um, I've noticed that their form usually stands out, you know. They usually take a, a lot of beating when they when they're racing in the strong when they've been racing in the stronger races. Boom. Uh, then uh, Baroque Road, uh, Queen Bellissimo. What do you, uh, is that? Yep. Yep. Queen Bellissimo. Yep. One for Kelly Schweder. Yeah, Kelly's got this one. Uh, I actually don't know a lot about him. He, um, I should say, her. Don't know a lot about her. She, she must be fairly new to the stable, obviously. But um, yeah, same again. Been racing down south. Um, usually they find this a lot easier when they when they come from down south. It looks a pretty open race. Obviously, I thought Depor was definitely the one to beat. Coco mm. Rocks goes well, good as well. But uh, mine's probably next in line out of those three. So you know we should. Um, there looks to be good speed, so we'll we'll um, probably have to just sit off at speed and um, hopefully hopefully we can come over the top of them. Major Artie is scratched at Randwick, so we'll be going around at uh, Doomben tomorrow. And Simply Fly in the last. Well, we had Rex Slip on the Darling Download show last week, and he was telling us all about Simply Fly, that he needs to draw an outside gate. Well, he's drawn one here, so he'd be in with a chance again. Yeah, I... um, Strange, that, really, isn't it? Because, yeah, it's sort of... The barriers... Yeah, I would have probably... He does... He does like an outside gate, um, but sometimes it might have been a touch better with a couple drawn in a, a little bit more. But it is what it is. He gets back anyway. Um, but if he if he might have drawn sort of seven eight something like that, I, I probably could have been a couple of pairs closer on him. But he he's a horse that doesn't show a lot of speed anyway. And I know Rex um, Rex he says um, wants him sort of getting to the outside, getting him into clear room. So. Uh, certainly shouldn't have much trouble from the outside gate doing that, but um, so I'll go very fast. And he's a yeah, he can gallop on his day. This horse, there's no doubt about yeah. it. He's very smart. He's just he's just got a mind of his own. Um, he's a tricky horse, but yeah, he just you know he just needs the right run race, good speed on, getting back and over the top. But yeah, the bad gate. I know Rexy says that's good, but sometimes I. I don't know about that. Sometimes I think um, I, I would have taken seven or six or seven or eight over over twelve, but it is what it is. We um, we're still going to get back anyway, and, and yeah. we'll be sweeping over the top. Now, before we let you go, a couple of winners for Chris Waller on Wednesday. Very impressive. Yasmin and Shah of Goma. Do you think they can both go on? Yeah, for sure. They're both both nice horses. Um, Shah of Goma has been running in obviously the Magic Millions Maiden. Yep. And then run run in the uh, three year old handicap the other day against horses that have won races. So it was good to see him win. 
Um, he's showed shown ability, so it's great to see him win. Um, and Yasmin, I've always thought was as good as um, Alentia when they first trialed. So it's good to see her her win as well. And I think she might be going to the paddock, and she I'm sure yeah. she'll come back a better horse. And just one other, just sorry, just one other. Um, Sir William Bruce, any excuse for him? He was a shocker. He was. Um, I think maybe the blinkers just overdid him a little bit. Okay. He, um, he wanted to just just get on with it a bit too much in the run, but um, yeah, he. I was expecting him to be very hard to beat, and obviously when they when they pull a little bit in the run like that, they they um, yeah, it just stops them a little bit. You know, I think the blinkers will come off, and you'll see a good run again. All right, Jimmy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, best of luck at Dooman tomorrow. As I said, you've got a great book of rides. Uh, hopefully, you come home with uh, three, four, maybe even five winners. Yeah, hopefully. Let's see how we go. Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Jimmy Orman uh, joining us there. Sammy? Yeah, he's a star, isn't he? He certainly uh, is. Good on him. Uh, Leading jockey in Australia. It's fantastic. Yeah. Top bloke. Great fella. Yeah, it's good when uh, someone as nice as Jimmy does something like that. Yeah. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Sammy, it's time to check in with our high-flying Gold Coast correspondent, Blair Gibson. Is it a high-flyer? He is Big hitter. flying. We're lucky to have him on the show, you know. It's a matter of time. He's going to be uh, too expensive for us. But, Gibbo, good afternoon. Uh, please, how are we, legend? <laughs> very well. And you? Yes, very good. Very yeah. good. Uh, beautiful, beautiful week in Queensland. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit cooler than it was this time last week, but that's a good thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you had a good day exactly. at, uh, at the Gold Coast on the poly track last week. A couple of winners, including uh, Tavisan. But I remember you tipped us at Eagle Farm last week. You said Mohican Heights and Point Counterpoint are the two for you in the distance race. Well, they ran one, two, and I think Mohican Heights paid about $20 the win. Yeah, and I was, I was smart enough to take the $12 early that I thought was a good price, Chris. <laughs> Tell me um, you had the exact Quinella too. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. It was a nice. It was a nice win. I that was my main bet for the day. That race. Happy Beautiful. about both of them to, for a good result. So it was nice, but um, it was the first text I got through from a mate as well. Tell me you had the Quinella. Oh, no. <laughs> not yeah. that. Not that smart. Not that smart. Oh, well, never mind. Now let's talk about tomorrow. Gold Coast Poly Track Racing again. Uh, yes. Yeah. Look, it's been a bit hit and miss there. I seem to get a couple of winners every week, and then a couple go horribly. But um, looking to be a bit more consistent. Look, I'm going to start just sort of focusing on those up on speed. I don't think it's particularly bike at the moment. I, I just think it's a nice one if they can, like any track, like Dooman, if you can just get a nice cheap lead, they are very hard to run down. So race two, number two, Glamour and Glory. Got the speed to just sort of ping and lead these. Can just sort of get the chewy a little bit mid-race, but... A, Still been finding a kick after that. I think if Hemsley can just get it to relax a little bit, even for a couple of hundred, I think it'll kick and sort of be too good. Race two, number two. Yep. Um, and race seven, a stable on big wraps on. I think, geez, I think he's going to be a good trainer, this Adam Campton. Yeah. Uh, already is. He's got a good strike rate. He's prepared to wait with them. He's prepared to take them anywhere. And this wheel is riding all right too for a three kilo uh, apprentice. So I just think know it all Jack can go to the front. Um, with that weight off, I think that might be the difference late. Artheis will be the one trying to get out after it, but I just think know it all Jack with the light weight can uh, skip and, and probably beat them in the last. What number was that in the last? Race eight or race seven? Uh, five. Uh, sorry, race seven, number five. Okay, know it all Jack. 
Um, yeah, we had Chris Anderson on the show last week. Asked him about Bailey Wheeler. He said he will be the leading apprentice in Queensland very, very quickly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, right, right. I, I think this, I was sort of having a chat to you through the week, Chris, and it's, I just reckon it's a perfect time now. These, if you get a really good three-kilo apprentice, if they can just knock up riding winners this time of year. So there we go. Maybe we follow. That, that can be our black booker. Bailey Wheeler. Exactly. Race two, number two, Glamour and Glory. Race seven, number five, Know It All Jack. Uh, quickly before we let you go, you got one for Doombin? Uh, look, I think Coco Rocks, race seven, number eight. Coco Rocks, I think, back uh, backing trips perfect. Will jump, lead, be the one they have to run down. Deport is flying. Yep. Will be the one flashing late, but I think it's just going to need a few little traffic issues there it'll have to deal with. So happy to back Coco Rocks, race seven, number eight. Gibbo, best of luck to you tomorrow. Thanks again for your time this afternoon. Awesome. Thanks, boys. See you, Sammy, too, Chris. Thanks, Gibbo. All the best. Uh, Sammy, you're going to take on a favourite in a big race tomorrow, I believe. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm I'm laying Jackano and Tuvalu. I am all about Tuvalu in the CF4 stakes. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, it'll be good. I, I tell you what, the... I remember being at Sandown when Jern won the CF4 stakes. Wayne Harris with the white gloves and bang, uh, came steaming no down. No Jern's going around in this race tomorrow, is there? No, there is not. There is not. But I'm all about Tuvalu. Uh, Doombin, race one, number four, Rupert's House. And if you want to have a tickle at Toowoomba tomorrow night, a Toowoomba, tickle? race two, number seven, Sammy. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called Sammy. <laughs> It's Any win. relation? It's got to win, surely. <laughs> All right, I'm going with uh, Doombin Race 3, number 3, Merry Me. And I'm going with Doombin Race 8, number 9, which is something we'll be doing very shortly, The Big Goodbye, who should just roll forward with no weight on its back, claim for Ange Jones and prove very, very hard to beat. So two, 3, number 3, 8, number 9 for me. Uh, I'm just looking around the country. I've got one. Is it? I think it's raining in Sydney, Sammy. I oh, do wow. hear that it's very wet in Sydney. Now that'll, that'll happen in Sydney. Yeah, it tends to more often than not. Uh, I've got a couple there. If it's not overly wet, race seven, number eleven, Sunshine in Paris. I've got a big opinion of, and race ten, number four, Waterford. So there you go. So we'll round it out with those two. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate uh, everyone listening in. I hope you have a profitable weekend, and we'll catch you same time, same place next Friday afternoon.